Welcome to Voter Talk Collection 2020. I'm Simon Ewing Jarvie. And I'm Heather Roy. So, the Opportunities Party, Heather, tell us a bit about this. Uh, well, the Opportunities Party is more commonly known as TOP and um, actually did quite well at the last election. It was founded in 2016 by Gareth Morgan, who's uh, sort of an economist and a philanthropist, well known in New Zealand, um, sometimes for his economic. Uh, commentaries um, and sometimes for his quite out there environmental policies like getting rid of domestic cats for example mm. so um, but he certainly had profile and after the 2017 election the party had 2.4 percent of the vote that's not bad for a first round um, where's their website their website is www.top .org.nz. What slogan are they running with for this election? This year, you can see on their billboards and on their website, their slogan is Vote Different. You said it was founded by Gareth Morgan. Uh, he's mm. no longer with the party. Uh, who are the key the key characters now? So there's one person who was his deputy last time round, a fellow called Jeff Simmons. Jeff is an economist and a small business person himself, and he's standing in the Rongatai electorate this election. Uh, he took over from Gareth Morgan in late 2018 after Gareth departed the party. Anyone else interesting in, the, in that list? I think there's about 21 candidates all up so far. Isn't they do have one uh, higher profile candidate uh, this election in their lineup, and that is Tuareki Delamere. He was um, an immigration minister back a few, few parliaments ago, wasn't he? Yeah, and he's an immigration consultant now. I think he's often in the news for high-profile cases. What can you tell us about the policy that they're running with for this election? Well, they really are a an economically liberal and environmental policy. So it's a bit hard to place them on the political spectrum because the environmental component is a really big part of their policy development. Um, where would you put them? They are des described by some as centrist, and I think that's not far from correct. They're definitely on the liberal scale rather than the conservative scale, but on the on the economy side of things, they have got a foot in each camp. So they're they're quite um, quite liberal in some of their aspects uh, in terms of free market stuff for small businesses. But then they also one of their central planks is a universal basic income, which is completely right. the other end of the economic scale. Yeah. I think oh. that's right. I think that centre, but up towards the liberal end, is probably about right. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's so right. they seem to have five policy areas this election. If you look at their website, they uh, whittle them down to that. So the firstly, um, the environment, it's front and centre. Uh, the second thing for them is the cost of housing must come down. So they're looking at housing and rentals, bringing those costs down, and that does move them more over to the state-run end of the spectrum, I think. Um, you've already talked about the universal basic income, which is a very strong policy drive from them. Um, the opportunity to thrive. So there's all sorts of uh, personal, so social policy area uh, initiatives there. And this election, they've got a new area, which they've called smart small businesses. So it's about supporting small businesses uh, post-COVID, really, or in the midst of the COVID uh, thing. So it's a, they look a wee bit like ACT in this regard. They talk about getting uh, rid of red tape, helping small businesses prosper in any way that they can. This is the sort of party that would uh, play quite a useful role in Parliament, but is is ham hamstrung by the 5% threshold and the lack of a electorate seat. Huh? It is. I was impressed with their 2.4% last election and had they had the um, the benefit of having won an electorate seat, they would have had three or four MPs in Parliament, which 
you know, is, is reasonable for a little party. I think it's one of the foibles of MMP, as I've already talked about, that um, if a party can get that many votes, they actually deserve, I think, to have representation in Parliament. Mm, I agree. They're going to be another victim of COVID, aren't they? That there's so much, so much uh, noise on the political landscape that they're going to find it very difficult to get the cut through that they're looking for. I think that's right. And last election too, they attracted a lot of support from um, from young voters, particularly in that. 18 to 21 and even 21 to 24 slot, they um, they certainly had policies that seemed to appeal to them. They had a lot of supporters who went out campaigning with them. And if you look at their lineup, it is largely young people, not exclusively, but there are a lot of young people there. Um, this election, it's really hard to say what might happen to those young voters. Will they vote? Will they throw their hands up in horror and think it's all about COVID and not vote at all? Or will they actually go uh, on election day and um, cast their vote. Hard to say at this point. Yeah, let's move on to the New Conservative Party. Um, they're at newconservative.org.nz. They have um, been around since about 2011 when Auckland businessman Colin Craig founded the party. He resigned in 2015. And but in, in 2017, the party changed its name to the New Conservative Party. Heather, can you enlighten me on what their campaign slogan is for this year? I can, but I had to look it up. Uh, their slogan is Your Nation, Your Voice. And you can see more about them on their website, which is www.newconservative.org. Then I found the values stand for what you believe in, not what you will tolerate. And then I found another bit, which was stand with us for the 2020 election. <laughs> and then I found hashtag let's fix this, which is five for social media. So there's a lot of taglines there. That's right. They're covering their bases, aren't they? So yes. um, on the political spectrum, where would we put these? Oh, they promote themselves as conservative. In fact, it's a very useful name because it tells you exactly what the party stands for. It's conservative policies. Um, and they, so they're down in, on our political spectrum down in the bottom part of the graph. Uh, when you look at their economic policies, they veer towards the free market. So I think they're over on the right-hand side of the centre line, but not too far over. So Bottom right, but closer to the, the centre line, probably. Do you agree with that? Yeah, political. I was thinking uh, politically uh, the offset to act. So hmm. that conservative were act as liberal, but I think both parties sort of sit over in the free market end with uh, an element of common sense wrapped around that. Yes. If you look at their policies, they believe in school choice. They believe in people doing well, but not having a lot of red tape, being able to get on and just run businesses themselves without a lot of government interference. So, yeah, I think that's probably right. So who are the key people? Well, Colin Craig was very much dominant in the party for that from when they were founded through to uh, when he sort of disgracefully left the party, if you like. In 2017, they changed their name from Conservative Party to New Conservative Party, and I think that was really meant to um, breathe some new life into them. And the new leader at that who took over at that time is a fellow called Leighton Baker. Other people in their light-up lineup aren't particularly familiar to me, so I don't think there's any any high-profile presence there. No, oh, the deputy leader is Elliot Ekelay. Um, never heard of him. I did watch Leighton Baker's little video. It says he's been a he's been a farmer and a now a builder. Um, and looked around the country. So in terms of policies, what are they bringing to the election 2020? 
Well, everything conservative, really. They've got a real family focus. For example, they strongly believe in marriage. Uh, they believe in children uh, having that solid, what they consider solid base to grow up in. So there's a lot of family-type policies. They've got a marriage policy. They've got a prostitution policy. Um, for a small party, whether you like their philosophy or not, I felt, looking through their website, that they do quite a good job of, of selling themselves. So you wouldn't go away from that website not realising that they're very conservative in nature and that's what they want to get across. So I think they've, they've focused on the things that are really important for them there. Um, they, as I said before, they believe in school choice. They're not opposed to or they support charter schools. Um, they oppose race-based policies, including the Maori seats. They're the only party who actually explicitly states that on their website, I think, uh, certainly from what I've looked. They believe in income splitting, so that's a policy that Peter Dunn, when he was in Parliament, had a real focus on. But this only, and this is where their conservative comes, conservatism comes in, but only for couples in legally recognised relationships, such as marriage, they say on the website. I see they're talking about repealing all the firearms legislation that's gone through uh, recently uh, in the same way that ACT is, but uh, claiming that they've been working with the firearms community for some time over this prior to the March 15 events of last year. Um, so it's interesting that it's actually two parties uh, both mm. saying similar things in regard to that. That's right. They take a pretty hard line on crime, law and order, um, but they do believe in rehabilitation and prisoners and having prisoners working. Yeah, um, I see you're either going to be male or female, but there's no, there's no, not going to be any other genders available for anyone in schools or anywhere else. Ah, I missed that on the website. I didn't know that. But that, again, speaks to their conservatism. That's not altogether surprising. Yeah. And look, if all the conservatives, whether they were Christian conservatives or not, got together, there would be uh, quite a gathering but uh, and enough to get into Parliament, but they never quite seemed to get there. I think the Christian coalition got close, as close as anyone. That's right. I think they got 4.7% of the vote at their best election. But that's right. It seems that all of these parties aren't able to... Um, to collaborate effectively. They seem to not be able to let go of their own policies in order to get that overall gain. Right. Well, that's probably about enough from us today. If you'd like to send in some questions, you can go to the context page on our website, talkpoint.co.nz. That's T-O-R-Q-U-E. We're also on social media like YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. I'm Simon Ewing-Jarvie. And I'm Heather Roy. We'll talk to you soon.